<laughs> um, hi guys, welcome to Quarantine Comments Podcast. It's been a long time since we've seen you guys. Uh, we have a pretty good reason for this. We just had our exams and we're done. So yay for that. And uh, sorry to say, or, you know, I think it's been a pretty good run, but uh, this might be our final episode. Um, and we've, we just want to say we're thankful for uh, giving us the opportunity to do this. Um, and I hope you guys, our readers, learn something from our talks or our podcasts. Today's topic is going to be pretty uh, diverging from each other. It's not, there's not going to be necessarily a pretty common theme because since this is the last uh, podcast we're doing, I feel like we should just be more open, be more free. And as the other podcasts uh, or the episodes I've said before we started a topic, um, our opinions on the matter or on the topic we're discussing uh, is as no uh, has no um, way that it can be a representation of what our um, uh, our community thinks. Okay, so just a small disclaimer before we start. So I'll be starting the uh, with this topic uh, about love being the root of all evil. So I've had a sudden <laughs> uh i have had a sudden fondness of romance these past few days um from reading comic books to reading novels to watching a drama especially korean drama uh i've always focused on romance and i i'm not sure why but i've just had this such a fond um liking or yeah such I love romance. That's basically it. And I noticed that most authors portray, I mean, from my point of view, um, from all the content I've seen, most authors portray love as something that is good, you know, and evil as something that is bad as, you know, we're assuming that there's an absolute evil. Um, so, the saying that love is the root of all evil is something that, you know, so contradictory yet so mundane and so true. Um, let's see. Uh, let's take, for example, Hitler as uh, our uh, main example of the absolute evil. <laughs> um, Hitler, yeah, of course, everybody knows him, but if you don't know him, if you're like that, 1% of the of like the population that doesn't know him. Hitler is basically uh, an evil guy. He uh, he um, killed a lot of Jews <laughs> in World War II. And I guess I would say he, why he was evil was because he loved his nation so much. Uh, he loved Germany so much that he started killing all the Jews who th he thought were impure. That's my take on why uh, Hitler was evil. Um, I would like to take uh, Aiken or Farrell's opinion on it because, uh, you know, 
I want, I would, I, would, I have a really, my really like motto or like how I spew the world is that love is really the root of all evil, whether it be the love of money, the love of greed, the love of anything. That's the root of all evil. Like I've also heard of the saying that, you know, villains or actually the Joker, the Joker had a really good saying, uh, the difference between me, uh, he said this, the difference between me and another person is just one bad day. And I felt like that's such a good saying. Um, anyways, I talked enough. Uh, what do you guys think? All right. First of all, that was that was pretty extreme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the example is pretty extreme. I but agree. like, can you really blame Hitler's love of Germany for like the entirety of the Holocaust? Because like, if he was really like, if it was pure love for Germany, I reckon that he's most likely focused on, you know, like actually developing and like rebuilding Germany as opposed to declaring war on the Jews and killing the Jews. It's more, I think it's more out of an act of, you know, like his hatred kind of just came from the feeling of wanting to blame someone and blame something, right? You know, um, I'm not sure if it's really love that motivated him to do the holocaust yeah I, I, I think your perception of this is more like what the germans at the time thought hitler was doing that he was doing this all all these killings for the love of it uh for his country but like i don't i don't think like if i committed genocide i can't say oh yeah i it's because i love my country no that's it's a bit and like, out of touch. Can we really say that Hitler loved the whole of Germany? Because like even there were Jews that were German citizens, right? So it's like, you know, he just loves a certain portion of it. And it's like at the end of the day, of the day can you really call that love, right? <laughs> Maybe you can give like the example of the actual comic or whatever you read. That actually, yeah. Where did the inspired. do you know where the Joker quote came from? Oh, the, no, the Joker uh-huh. quote came from the movie. Uh, it came from the movie. I'm not sure what the time step is, but um, I remember the scene very vividly. He was like uh, smoking a cigarette while he was saying, Oh, the difference between me and another person is just one bad day. And um, of course, there are a lot of like uh, levels of bad. Not one person has one same definition of bad, but how he said it, how the line, how like, yeah, his tone of voice and how he said it, it was just like so convincing that between him, a psycho, literally a psychopath who kills for fun and another person is just one measly bad day, one day. And um, I guess how I would connect this to love being the root of all evil is that uh, before he became in the Joker in the movie, before he became Joker itself, he loved uh, he loved comedy. He loved uh, especially this one TV show guy. Uh, if you haven't watched it. Uh, he loved this uh, talk show and when he realized that this talk show interview like Jimmy Falcon uh, you know uh, when he realized that he was talking bad about him the Joker the TV show guy yeah 
Uh, he had everything destroyed. His love of it was so extreme. Yeah. yeah. So uh, his love of it, his love of the talk show, his inspiration was so extreme that once it came cam- crumbling, crumbling, sorry, crumbling down, um, he just became evil. You know? He realized that nobody ever supports him. And I would say that, yeah, one, the difference between him and another person is just one bad day. And I just find it so, um, I just find it so amusing, you know, how the directors of the Joker or the script writers could think of that line. Uh, I know it's deviating a bit from the love is root of evil, but yeah, I just really, I found it really amusing. Okay, so before we continue on, like, Dustin, what do you think, what do you think is, like, evil, right? Can you define evil for me? Because, like, if you, like, let's say, like, a lot of, like, serial killers or, like, robbers, right, uh, burglars, they're, like, motivated by something, right? Where, where it's, like, for example, they, they rob or they steal for the sake of someone else, right? You know, their child has, like, an illness or... They want to, you know, take care of their family or whatnot, right? And then as a, as a result, they try and steal, right? So is that is that act evil, per se? Since the motivation in itself is not anything wrong, right? But the action is wrong. So, like, would uh, you say the love in that case promotes an evil action? Or, like, love in that case caused? Yeah, uh, exactly. That's what I was talking about. Uh, so as I said before, there's a lot of definitions of evil. And I was assuming that there was an absolute evil. But uh, assuming it doesn't mean that you guys, the audience, would know what I'm talking about. So let's say uh, what my definition of absolute evil is, is according to the law. So anything that breaks the law is evil. Okay, that's my definition of evil. Like, not my definition, but let's just say that's the set definition right now of what evil is so uh you brought up a great point Uh, i was just about to get to that so you said that people who steal for the sake of others um like thieves who don't have enough money but need to steal to get uh, the money for their child's treatment or something I feel like that is a very good example of what love is the root of all evil is. Their love of protecting their family, their love of their family, their love of uh, life itself, uh, their love of their son uh, puts their, is their motivation to do evil. I feel like motivation is a bad word to use this when saying about evil, but I hope you get the gist of it. Like it's their reason of doing all evil. Um, they have to do this for, uh, they have to like uh, steal, they have to do evil things, maybe kill, maybe, uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, for women, maybe they sell their body, right? Uh, for keeping their family safe, something like that. Because um, I see that a lot of tragic stories happen with um just an accident happening and children having to like most of like some of the novels I read or some of the comics I read is like children having to do hard work or selling themselves to support their little brother or little sister who's sick, you know? And like that 
in also a biblical way, that is evil. Selling yourself is evil. You shouldn't do that. Uh, it's basically a rule in the Bible. It's written in the Bible. Uh, selling yourself is evil, so you shouldn't do that. But because they love their brother so much and they don't have any other options, they have to do it. So uh, I'm not saying that all evil acts are bad. They're, I mean, they are bad, but I'm not saying that all evil, the reason behind all evil acts are bad and like, uh, and not the reason for all evil acts are is because of love, but I'm saying a majority of evil acts is because of love. Like even the antagonist uh, on most movies, uh, let's say um, a famous movie. Uh, <laughs> Batman. Let, whoa, which movie? What? The Joker. Uh, I guess The Joker, we talked about it. Like any other movie. Um, let's see. A famous movie. It was one of those K-dramas you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, um, a very basic antagonist in most K-dramas uh, is run or they do these evil things because of money. Their love of money. So there's not one definition of love. It can be the love of money. It can be... So there's no absolute image of love, basically. Uh, but we're saying love as an obsession, you know? So you can also say obsession is also the root of all evil. But I feel as if love is a more vague, um, more vague term. And I like this. I like the sound of it, too, I guess. Love being the real root of all evil. I mean, um, your point about uh, being the root of all evil and obsession, I would say it's a bit connected. Like, how are you obsessed with something in the first place, right? You have a desire to possess it. You have a love for it. So it there is a connection. But all evil can't evil yeah, stem so from like hate. The, the opposite. The statement all evil, right? kind of implies that if there's one case that differs from the statement, then the statement is entirely false, right? So, like, for example, here's, like, a case that I'm trying to apply that kind of logic on, and I'm still not, like, coming up with any results in my head. Uh, You know, school shootings, right? I'm pretty sure we can all agree that, like, (laughs) shooting your own classmates, that definitely is an evil act. But, like, what love is there in school when someone commits you know starts the school shooting it's mostly out of hatred right hatred for society hatred for you know how they were treated in school so Mm -hmm. is there any love that we can find in that maybe you would say they love themselves i don't know (laughs) um they would usually kill themselves in the end you see so probably not love themselves uh probably yeah, hate, hate, and evil does connect. But if I were to give a reason, or if I were to give a motive, on my personal opinion on why they did that, it's probably would be leaning towards their obsession of an ideal situation. Not everybody is gonna live the same life, and that's like you can see that in everyday life. Some people are poor, some beg on the streets, while others, they live on, they go through private jets, they spend their cash like it's nothing. So 
these school shooters, their obsession, their love for an ideal life gets the better of them. And uh, because, of, because of other uh, factors like bullying and such, it makes their obsession worse. And to them realizing that they're never going to have that life uh, just, I guess, puts them on a breaking point. That's my personal view on it, right? My personal opinion on it. That's what I think the reason for their uh, evil act is. Um, so I wouldn't really necessarily say that it's their love for themselves, but it's their love for an ideal situation, their obsession for an ideal situation, which gets the better of them. Uh, so they, you, there's like no difference between love and obsession then? Uh, yeah, your definition of love is more like desire. Anything yeah, let's, let's just say it's desire instead of obsession. So their desire for it. Uh, my view on my, yeah, my view on love and obsession, my view on love and uh, desire is pretty like thin. So I think they're almost the same thing. But when I mean love, uh, I can also mean, you know, romantic love. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess you could say there's many types of love, the uh, desiring love and the uh, romantic love and uh, obsessive love. <laughs> uh, but let's just say, let's put love in a very vague term. I mean, this leads then like really conveniently into like, what I wrote for my extended essay, actually. Um, which, <laughs> my English extended essay was about um, the, 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 disruptive, um, the disruptive nature of the uh, a pursuit of beauty. So um, I took the picture of Dorian Gray and some other book you guys probably don't know, but and Dorian Gray, he was in love with being the idea of having a hedonistic life, living life to the fullest. And um, again, he was influenced by uh, different characters. He, and his idea of um, this hedonism was isolated um, towards himself. So he didn't care about any other, any anyone else it was selfish right so <laughs> throughout the book he commits like um what we would call sins usually and then um yeah uh the painting uh which would um like by you know magic or myst- mysticism it would get corrupt and it would get uh, uglier and uglier every time it would lead to his ultimate demise where he would switch his soul with the painting and um, you know destroy his own soul in the end of the book so there is a connection I think with uh, what Justin's saying uh, with you know pursuing or you know having that obsession having that desire and leading to destructive uh, results destructive to the other people around Dorian, destructive of his own soul. So there is evil um, that lies, you know, when you love something, when you desire something, I guess. That's the connection. But I would still argue with Aiken that it 
this statement all doesn't apply, I think. I, I, I'm still not really convinced when you say all evil. Mm, I, uh, uh, I, I, see, I understand your point. I understand your point. And um, that sounds like a great book, by the way. <laughs> Maybe I should read it, even though there are spoilers. I, I think that's a great book. Um, and I would love to continue your uh, topic on the pers- destructive pursuit on beauty. Um, uh, we're going a bit off topic from the love. Have you ever is thought that all way? Evil? Like love caused you to do something, you know, not as good. Uh, I guess people also confused. Okay, before we uh, continue, I would also love to clear up that love and lust are two very different things. Um, I had a relationship, <laughs> and this is my personal life, but I had a relationship where it was more, I, I loved her. Okay, I, that's an undeniable fact that I loved her, but I got confused between love and lust. And and I did some things that, uh, you know, weren't the best of my days. <laughs> but yeah, I got confused with, between love and lust during that first relationship. Um, but continuing on, the, the destructive pursuit of beauty, I noticed that not only girls, but, you know, I'll, let me just say, uh, girls, a lot of girls, uh, not a lot, let's just say girls, some girls, they really change themselves to, for their ideal situation, like, uh, for, not for the ideal situation, ideal image. So with all these uh, body shaming, body appreciation posts, now more than ever, people or girls are want they want they have a desire for uh, the ideal body, whether it's by dieting and making uh, their own body eat itself, to uh, having surgery and like changing their the shape of their body. Um, I've. I think that that's a very excellent uh, point of the destructive pursuit of beauty. It's not my place to say that they shouldn't do this, but they really shouldn't do this because they're destroying themselves. Uh, and I'll, I'm also reminded of a case. I, I'm not too sure what the case was or like what the case name is, but a lot of teenagers in Japan hang themselves on sakura trees when they're in full bloom. And the reason for this is because they think that the teenagers uh, knows that they won't get any younger and they won't get any prettier than they are. So they would hang themselves when they're at the peak of their beauty on a sakura tree, which is also basically the image of beauty. And it's, it's so destructive. Why would they take their own lives? Because they only matter for their beauty. They think that their whole life is uh, determined. Their whole value in life or their value itself is determined by their own beauty. And I think a lot of girls also see this, uh, see it as this way that their value in life or their value as a partner or their value as a person uh, is determined by how they look. Uh, how their body shape is. And I want to say to any girl listening that 
uh, it doesn't matter. Your beauty is for you to decide uh, as your happiness should be determined by yourself because it's yours. Even though it's easy to say and hard to do, once you get the hang of it, I promise you that uh, life will get better because your happiness is determined by yourself, right? And I would just like your uh, Aiken and Sparrow, your opinion about uh, how like your view upon these girls, upon the Japanese girls that uh, take their own life because they think that beauty is all of it, like their value. What do you guys think? Like, um, is it understandable? It's, yeah, it's hard to tell, really, because we've we've never really been in that situation, right? Because we've never, I mean, like, we don't. I don't think any of us here really have that obsession with beauty. At least, maybe not yet. But <laughs> we don't really know what's going on inside their heads, so we can't really make. Like to us, it may seem completely absurd, right? But maybe to them, there's like some external factor involved that like made to cause them to feel this way, right? We really don't. I mean, it's the the society's standards, right? The ideal beauty standards, and they don't fit in with these standards that have been set in society. It's like all again, it's all artificial standard that has nothing to do with. I mean, again beauty is subjective but then society decides that these girls are not fitting right and that puts them in this situation where they're anxious where they're subconscious of their looks and everything where society feels like that they can judge them for how they look like and that that's where it stems i guess that's where it stems from I see. I get it. I see. Um, All right. So, quite the quite the dark topic, huh? Quite the yeah, quite, a, quite a sensitive topic. Oh no. Well, we wouldn't be much of a current events podcast if we didn't actually talk about the single current events, uh, current event. So it's been a while since our last podcast, right? And the state of COVID, it's changed quite a bit, right? We I think a couple episodes ago we talked about uh, Ace Hardware and their struggles, right, um, throughout the pandemic. But some companies have, like, recently been making comebacks, right? Um, in terms of stocks, they've been recovering over the past year. Um, and, like, the example that I'm putting up is AMC, uh, whose stock went up uh, around, like, 2,000% uh, compared to last year at this time, right? So do you think like this upward trend is going to keep going up? Do you think we've finally reached a stage where we're beginning to recover from that like initial COVID hit? Uh, or do you think it's like a temporary thing? Because like we saw in India, right? There was some outbreak of COVID-19. We don't know when their mutations could occur to COVID-19, so on and so forth. Wait, 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 this wait. sorry. Is this AMC or, is... or... <laughs> I'm a big This is AMC, AMC. AMC. But like... Uh, I'm, this is uh, I'm talking about AMC, right? But in general, this is like a kind of a sign that um you know we're starting to recover from COVID nineteen, right? Uh, movie theater. I think you've got uh, got it a bit like wrong. Yes, it, it did go up because of you know. Yeah, it's compared um, to the initial fall, right? But they've recovered yes, most of it. It's a bit. The situation is similar to like GameStop with AMC. It's actually like the it's it's a meme stock. Or it's like something that people are just 
bandwagoning in, you know, it's mm. it's there in what was it called the Wall Street bets. I so, see. I see. Again, the prediction so is based. I guess on, that's on... a pretty bad example that I just took <laughs> off. Right? Yeah. Um, but in general, right? Do you think that we're because, like, I know people in like in our circle that have like begun to like feel more confident going out and like you know buy things and like go back to stores and kind of resuming their normal lives. You think like we've rec- we've somehow reached the peak for COVID-19 like beforehand and we're starting to turn things around? Or do you think that the situation right now is still getting worse and worse? Because like Indonesia, in our case at least, has like slowed down like quite a lot compared to last year, right? And the deaths as well, like the rate used to be close to like 50% death rate, which is pretty crazy compared to recovered. Um, but now it's like, what, 50,000 reco- uh, 50, deaths to like over a million recovered, right? So the rates have like completely reversed, right? So you uh, think let's, the recovered rate uh, is around, right now, is around 300,000. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to. I, ch- I just uh, checked the statistic. Wait. There's no way. I, I, last time I checked it was like five days ago, uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So Because I, I checked guess- it whenever... I, uh, I checked it whenever uh, my dad... Was it, like, infected or just... No, not, not to infected. No, not the rate to infected. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so, the recovered... And, oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go on, go on. <laughs> Sorry yeah, for interrupting. No, I, I was just asking um, if you guys think we've, we, we, we can start, like, you know, feel a bit more comfortable going back out or do you think that we should still completely stay in quarantine you know? um well being completely honest right now uh i have i i just got to the movie theater i just watched the movie um and i'm noticing that a lot more stuff are opening up not only in asia but all over the world uh take for example the nba or the what you call the VNL, which is a volleyball league, basically, and um, a lot of things are opening up. But that doesn't mean the COVID nineteen is getting better. It's just right now. Uh, I remember this doctor saying in the start of coronavirus that it was this coronavirus is going to be something we're going to have to live with, right? So right now we're living with it. You know, we're slowly adapting to our situation as people, as humans, as animals. Uh, and we're, we are finding ways to live in it, right? So I don't think coronavirus is getting any better. It's actually getting worse. It's just how we're adapting to the situation makes it seem like, you know, it's kind of okay to go out now. It, you're not really out. You're not really shunned for going out. You're not really shunned for having fun. You're not really shunned for grouping and like six people. Well, not... Uh, I'm not saying it's good to group right now, like a huge party, you know, I, I think that's so bad, but community as a uh, society as in right now, uh, the community of Indonesia isn't really shunning anyone for going out. You know, people have right. to go out. Kind like of that. redeem myself for the inaccuracy, right? You mentioned that cases recovered were around 300,000, which is like very off. I'm checking the statistic right now. It's 51,449 deaths, you know, not updated to the complete obviously and it's 1,701,000 recovered uh, out of 1,850 cases so there's still like 
50,000 cases ish. Uh, but it's like remember that remember that a lot of them go undocumented because yeah. people may not feel the need to, you know, report themselves to authorities. So and also like the deaths are also uncounted for some of the deaths are also uncounted for but um we're also limited to the amount of testing we do, right? So like uh in what from the website i'm seeing right now uh in january 25 uh there's like 14,000 cases a day uh 13,000 cases a day until like february and then right now in may 20 there's only like 6,000 5,000 statistically i don't think that makes sense it's supposed to be getting worse and worse and worse and worse <laughs> uh especially when we're having the one of the largest populations in the world like the top 10 like I don't know what five. ranking we are. <laughs> Top five, yeah. So it's supposed to get worse and worse and worse and worse. But as of right now, we're only checking around 5,000 people, 10,000 people. All right. Yeah. So, okay, uh, it yeah. makes sense, your argument that like society as a whole has begun to accept that idea of going out again, right? Well, I think a lot of people around my circle have kind of accepted that idea that as long as you wear a mask, you go out. But like, do you think that it's right for society to kind of think this way? Because I don't like entirely agree with it, right? Because, um, you know, anything can, like I said before, like anything can happen with COVID-19, right? Or like in pandemics in general, you know, you never know if a mutation can occur or something that like makes it suddenly more, like, it makes it more, it's, it becomes easier to be infected with COVID-19. The circumstances can never really stay the same, right? So, like, I still think we should exercise that level of caution to completely, like, take care of the situation first before we move on to, like, actually, you know, resuming normal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farrell, any comments? Guys, I'm, I'm really uh, laggy right now. I'm just saying. So I barely heard what you guys were saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, do you mind if we end it off or right. if you want to continue? Because I think that's a great point to end okay. it. Yeah, sure. That's a great note um, to end it on. Yeah. So uh, audience, watchers, listeners, please be safe. Uh, even though people or the community might seem that it's okay, the coronavirus is okay, like we're okay with coronavirus right now, please still stay safe. Note that the coronavirus is still out there. So take all the safety uh, measures necessary. Uh, know that if you infect yourself, it's not only you, but the people around you too. Um, I'm not trying to scare you or anything, but please do keep in mind that uh, being uh, not taking any safety precautions when going out is just selfish on your part and of the communities. Uh, so um, ending with that, Stay safe. Um, always be careful wherever you are. Uh, note that the coronavirus is still out there. So please wear really take off your mask and follow your own government's safety protocols. Uh, any last words, guys? Nope, I guess that, yeah, that's pretty word. much all I have to say. Mm, uh, Farrell, 